and this is Liam, and we're trading money stress for real happiness. You are listening to Seeds, a 15-minute debrief on young people's common money challenges. Every episode will bring someone new to the table to plant a foundational seed on how to grow your wealth and unlock our ideal lifestyles. We are so, so glad you're here. And listeners, today we not only have one guest, we have two, Jade and Jada, based in Chicago. We're so excited to have them because they are experts at traveling on a budget. I will not steal their thunder, but they may have uh, studied abroad four times already. So we're really, really excited to have we're them on the pod. We're talking experts. So we wanted to ask, as you know, our <laughs> podcast is focused on planting this seed to help trade that money stress for real happiness. Jade and Jada, what does happiness mean to you, and how are you using finance to get there? Yes, thank you for the introduction. Um, For us, happiness is really about being financially free, not really having to worry about money in terms of doing the experiences that we love. So, and one of the things that we love is traveling. We get joy to go to other places and see how others live around the world. So, if you combine those two things, financially free and traveling, we say that our we say that we like to see as much of the world for as little as possible. Wow, that, that has a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, and honestly, I'm so glad you you both are here to weigh in because I think all of us are thinking about how can we travel more, how can we see the world more. And there's an interesting question submitted by one of our listeners here. Uh, they said, "I'm not going to lie, I need to finesse multiple trips this year." I want to go on a safari in Africa. A few of my girlfriends are doing a Europe trip, and my family has been toying with the idea of a cruise around the holidays. I'm making about 72000 a year, which isn't bad, and I have my debt payments on autopilot at $260 a month. My only other big expense is rent at $1,000 and $100. Is it even possible to go on all three trips this year? I'm trying to hit 30 under 30, so it's a huge dream of mine. Uh, wow. First of all, listeners, thank you for submitting this. I can definitely relate to the situation. Yeah. And Jade and Jada, I want to turn it over to you guys first to hear what are your initial thoughts, initial reactions to, to this person's situation? Yeah, I would say she's already or he or she is already off to a good start. You're already thinking about um, the money you have to put towards travel. And I think that's the first step to making travel affordable Um, and I would say just for your goals of 30 before 30 countries before you're 30 we've done I think 31 countries and we're just turned 23 so I'm rooting for you (laughs) so to your goal it's definitely accomplishable so um yeah Jada what do you what's your tips for international travel I think it's good to save at least one international trip a year. Um, I'm no financial planner or financial coach like like we have on the line, but I think that it's good to kind of think in terms of I want to go on one international trip a year, and then for the domestic and closer things around the U.S., then you can kind of have the flexibility to do that. I don't know. What, what do you guys think about that? Mm. Yeah, I'm curious about uh, one – 31 international trips already, I'm, like, so, so jealous, and I feel like I need to have a whole separate call to discuss those, but how did how did you get to that number? I mean, we mentioned kind of your study abroad um, back in undergrad. How did you get to 31? Yeah, I would say that the tip is to do long travel. 
um, in certain continents where it's easier to travel within countries. So the way we hit so many of those countries is in both Europe and Southeast Asia. So Southeast Asia, we traveled post-grad for a month and were able to hit around 10 or so countries. Um, so if you're yeah. looking to travel cheaply, I would definitely say Southeast Asia is the place to go and it can allow you to hit several places in a short amount of time. Um, especially flights there are only about $30 or up to 50 to $70 to travel to different countries. So if you compare that to the U.S., it's definitely more feasible um, to travel. That, that's good to know. My, my next question was, okay, does that mean you're taking like a 15-hour bus with no air conditioning from country to country? Then, or, but, but right, I think that's a good point and a good call out, especially in Europe. I know it's a common progression and also a similar cadence with Southeast Asia, where those flights country to country um, are pretty inexpensive. So I think the greatest expense, and Jaden Jada, correct me if I'm wrong, is more just getting to that continent, right? 100%. Yeah, definitely. I would say, and that's where the before travel and preparation and research really comes into play. Um, Jada's kind of a guru on researching all the things to do and flights um, at the right time. So do you want to add on? Yeah. So since we... <laughs> Since we established that flights are really the big big thing when you're looking about going international, how can you really make that affordable? And I think it's all about being flexible. So when we talk about flexible, we think in terms of timing, picking an off-season to go somewhere where it might not be as popular to travel, but the prices for flights are amazing. Um, or... Or thinking about how um, you can book a flight four months in advance. So thinking ahead, planning your, your year so you can see, okay, what am I doing in the first six months of the year? What am I doing in the second six months of the year? And then planning your travel ahead will allow you to get the best flight. And then lastly, I would say I think a lot of people think this is a myth, but if you book on a Tuesday or up into a Thursday, you can get the best flights because flight companies increase their flights on Fridays. Have you guys heard of that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen the increases on Fridays, and I've been using things like Google Flights where you can see, like, you know, set alerts and, and try to see the different rates comparatively across months. I've been signing up for, like, things like Scott's Cheap Flights to get those, like, alerts within my inbox. Um, but, yeah, I, I like to focus on, on planning, and, and I'm curious if there's anything that you do beyond the flights when you think about the trip itself, um, is it just looking at a, a country that is, or an, a region that is really, um, really affordable to travel? Like, what, what would you say your, your go-to is? Yeah, so I think that's one of the biggest things is looking for a country or region where the cost of living is low so that your money can go much farther. So, for example, Jade mentioned Southeast Asia is a great place, but some people, Southeast Asia might not be the best place because it it's not as developed as other countries in Europe. So, mm -hmm. we went, studied abroad in Europe, in Budapest, Hungary, and in Hungary, um, the dollar can go such a long way. Our cost of living, I think our rent was like $300 each month. So, if you think about that, think about ways where you can go to countries that have a better cost of living and still yeah. get the same experiences, but your dollar just goes a little farther there. Yeah. 
Totally. That's, that's another thing. I've fallen into that rabbit hole before of, like, thinking of my next trip. And I've actually gone as far as looking at where is the dollar most favorable to that native <laughs> currency right now. Not that that's determining my trip, but if I'm between a few places, that might be a compelling way to book a flight to one of those two places right now, especially if I know in my lifetime I'll probably see both of those places. Right. It's like, oh, but right now is a really good time to go to this country. Right. Um, that's another thing you can look at. And then also if you're struggling, thinking of how expensive it's going to be, um, I also like to look online. There's a lot of templates that are built to budget just for travel. So I don't really have my trips planned out for the whole year. I like to just put money aside, and then if a spontaneous – cheap price comes up on the flight, I'll take it. But in terms of how much the, the the trip is going to cost altogether, there are templates that have things like budget this for the flight price, this for transportation, uh, like tax your bus, I mean, mm-hmm. um, something for hotel or Airbnb or wherever you're staying, yeah. um, something for breakfast and lunch. And you can kind of put that together in that whatever it is, one-week trip or one-month trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a way where you can kind of start to put aside money with every paycheck and know that you're hitting enough to make it to that respect, respective country. Yeah. Liam, I'm, I'm glad you brought in money here because you know I like my numbers. <laughs> and I want to be able to pay respect to the numbers that we have working with this listener who is hoping to go on not one, uh, not two, but it sounds like about three trips, guys. Um, and I think in the beginning you were both saying how it's nice to aim for maybe one international trip per year um, or aim for one region where you can do extended travel. It sounds like in this situation we're going to a safari somewhere in the continent of Africa, um, a Europe trip somewhere, and then also a cruise around the holidays. Just running the numbers really briefly, $72,000 a year certainly hats off to you because that sounds like a nice paying job. Mm -hmm. Um, If we're looking at that post-tax per month, that's close to around $4,000. And we've already got uh, close to, I want to say, like, 1400 taken up by rent and debt payments. So think about also having to live. Think about also um, having to get to and from work. I'm realistically thinking that this person might have, you know, anywhere from $300 on a lower point all the way up to maybe six or $700 if they want to be really aggressive towards uh, paying money towards traveling. So I don't know. Jay, Jada, I'm curious to hear if, if you were in this predicament, and I know – we don't have to talk on the numbers side, but if you were trying to juggle between a safari on the continent of Africa, a Europe trip, again, another continent, and then a cruise TBD, mm-hmm. what would be your, like, thought process to try to prioritize those? Because it sounds like that might be a little bit tight. Yeah. Wow. I can't even choose between all of those trips because they all sound amazing. Sure, but yeah, I would say if you try to hit first 30 countries, I would say – do the Europe trip and travel to a few countries during that time, and you'd be surprised how many you can see. Um, but I'm also a very adventurous person, and safari in Africa is definitely on my bucket list, so it's hard to choose. But that brings that reminds me, I kind of view travelers in three buckets. I view, like, adventurers, which is me and my sister. We kind of prioritize experiences when we travel. Mm-hmm. I see people who like food and care about food, want to try as much food as possible. Ooh, that's and then I also 
that's that's you. Yeah, and then I also see people who accommodations is what they're big on. They want to stay in a nice hotel, want to have a lookout pool or an infinity pool in Bali in their backyard, you know, those types of things. So I say if you prioritize one of those things that you care about when you travel, you can make travel affordable. And so me and, like I said, me and Jada, that's experiences. And so just to give you an example, when we went to Switzerland, we knew we wanted to ski in the Swiss Alps and we knew we wanted to paraglide where we were. So we knew that was probably going to cost around $400 that weekend alone. And so what we did was we stayed at a hostel, which was rated very well. So (laughs) we looked for a hostel that had good ratings, stayed there. They already had free breakfast included and they had some specials for dinner throughout the city. And then we also used our breakfast to make PB&Js for lunch. And so we were skiing in the Swiss Alps and eating PB&Js for lunch. But it was one of the best experiences we've ever had. And, yes, we spent $400 for those two activities, but we probably spent $50 throughout that entire weekend outside of that. So I really am a firm believer that you can choose whatever whatever you care about and make your travel flexible around that. So, Leslie, if you're the foodie, you can eat as much expensive food as you want every day, and maybe you stay in a hostel and don't do some of those things just so you can get whatever you're passionate about. So, yeah, that's my take. Validation I didn't know I needed. Yeah. (laughs) I I mean, I feel like we really planted the seed on this topic of, of traveling while thinking consciously about our spending and, and what we can afford with travel. But I want to make sure our listeners know how this seed could blossom or grow um, or otherwise inspire their own wealth journey. So team, do we have actionable takeaways that we can just little one-liners, little one minute here to help these seeds become plants? I mean, I feel like that recap was fantastic. only thing I would add in there is, is take a good look at, at the affordability, right, of what you have post-tax. For most people, you can just, you know, take out 33% or 30% if you want to be a little bit less conservative on, on what you may approximately pay for taxes. And then work backwards and see, okay, what in my budget is actually flexible? Uh, but that's for me. Just look at the numbers that you're working with on the income side, and then and then work backwards to see if you know if you can stretch, say, $700 a month or $1,500. But um, Jada, that recap was fantastic. Anything else you would add? I would just add, yeah, make sure the numbers align, but then on top of that, making sure you're planning and researching ahead of time because that's where a lot of the savings can come as well, making sure you're being flexible with your dates when you're booking flights, making sure you're um, looking up good accommodations that are cheap and close to the city, and then looking up um, maybe some hidden gems for food that you can get good food for cheaply. So just doing all the research on the front end so that you can enjoy your time once you're there. Yeah, I, I, and I would add, leverage these online templates. A lot of them are free if you j- literally just Google online travel template. Uh, you can download it and quickly find out, okay, I know I want to go to this country. Let me just run some numbers and see what it would cost me. Boom, there you have the number for one month here. It's going to cost $6,000. I need to find $6,000 um, over the next few months. So that's where you can start to determine how much you need to put aside to then really guilt-free enjoy that trip. That's the case. 
Um, but, but I mean, I'm sad to wrap this topic for now. Uh, Want to take a moment, though, to celebrate an incredible real growth moment from another one of our listeners. We love that. We do. We had a, we had a write-in from uh, Kim in Texas. So shout out to our Texan listeners out we there. Love you, Texas. That's awesome. Um, but Kim reached out and wrote a review saying that she got her first credit card ever. Wow. Uh, Kim's 24 years old, had no line of credit, so had a little trouble finding the one that was for her, knowing that without a line of credit, it's hard to apply for cards that might reward you more than others, but realized that she needed to start somewhere after listening to, uh, to Sam's episode about credit cards. So so Kim wrote in and, and said she got her first card. She got a Discover card. Shout out to Discover for giving, giving Kim a chance. And Kim has already hit her sign-up bonus, and she's already accruing points to the point where she's looking at the next trip that she wants to take, and she wants to get there. She's going to get her goal to get there by only using points. And wow. she's got a credit card. What did Sam's episode come out? Like November? Like, like months ago or something, not even. So... Awesome job, Kim. The power of credit cards. Um, really happy to share that that real growth moment. And also shout out Sam for giving such great wisdom in that episode. Totally. I mean, I feel like using points for travel is a whole nother way we could have taken this conversation. But honestly, we love bringing up these stories because we know it's not just Jade, not just Jada, not just Kim, and definitely not just me and Liam. You know, beginning our wealth journeys and seeking happiness in real time. So, Listeners, we're really grateful to you for joining us, and we'd love to continue hearing about your challenges and growth moments. Yes, very glad you mentioned that, Leslie. Please go to our link in the Seeds podcast description. Share your experiences with us. Interact with us. Um, We'd love to help you achieve your goals and celebrate you when you do. We really can't wait to be a part of your journey. And in the meantime, subscribe to Seeds so you can stay up to date with our community as we collectively pursue happiness. And lastly, huge shout out to Jade and Jada for weighing in on this travel topic that's so hot for a lot of people our age. Uh, We always love chatting with you. Where can listeners follow up with you? Where can Leslie and I follow up with you? I need some travel tips um, and keep up with you on your journey. Yes, um, you can follow my blog online at jadasimone.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at jade__monet, M-O-N-E-E. Thank you. Okay, there you have it. We'll put that in the show notes. We will be following up. And in the meantime, happy Wednesday, everyone. We'll see you next week. Happy Yump Day. Signing off. Bye.